0: Welcome to the Rookie American Podcast. I'm your girl, Lisette Carter, and here we have the lovely Rayla Campbell. Hi, Rayla. <laughs> Hello, Lisette. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you for coming on. I can't tell you how excited I was. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this day. I've been reading up on you. Tell the people. <laughs> tell us about your story. Tell me about yourself.
1: Well, you know, I'm every day, like American girl here from Boston, born and raised. I grew up on the South Shore. My mom moved us down to the South Shore for education purposes. So I went to Situate Public Schools. And then once I graduated, I moved into uh, Quincy, started working full time at Delta Dental. So went right into the corporate world. I spent 10 years there. And um, you know, my husband and I bought our house in Randall. We have three kids together. I went back to school to become a dental assistant and um, graduated top of my class, valedictorian with 4.0. So I'm Danby certified in radiology and infection control. And then, you know, I've been heavily involved with. My kids' school—they go to um, to private school, so I'm heavily involved when it comes to education. I was on the board of Stars and Early Head Start, and you know, it's just been an amazing experience to get out there and and get into politics and seeing what's going on with our country is really um, what made me decide I have to run. When I'm seeing like what's happening with the education education in schools and how they're not learning their history and you know they're trying to tear it down and destroy everything about our that makes our country so great that's really what it, it just resonated with me so much because the president is standing up for Americans and our values and our ways and that's exactly how I feel that we should be we should be proud to be American. Americans, because we have so much great history, and we have the opportunities that nobody else in the world has, and we are just American. so part of American privilege, basically. You know, we said we we it's there's no white privilege, we're American privilege because we have the best constitution. It's a living, breathing, growing document. We can add amendments to it. You know, make sure that we are giving everybody the actual the American dreams and the values that they deserve and that they so desperately need.
0: (laughs) Right, and so some of, a lot of my audience, they're not, um, they don't know much about politics. They're just learning to to vote for policy as opposed to hearsay, for example. Um, So I wanna ask you a couple questions off of the background story that you gave me. Um, Now you said that um, you grew up in public school, correct? did you say yes to it yes um, down in now do you how tell me about how because most maybe it was different back then but most of the school system now is a lot of people are it's now coming out that it's been indoctrinated and there's a certain way of thinking um that's more left-leaning so do you find that your schooling from where you went to school maybe back in the day is considerably different, if that's a factor as to whether or not you're a conservative today.
1: Yes, 100 percent. The way that we were brought up and that we were raised, you know, God was in the schools. So we, we celebrated Christmas. We celebrated Halloween. Right. You know, we really just we had great background and in t- in teaching into school. It was really, you know, um, we didn't have common core. We had standardized testing and we they really focused on the children's needs and what we needed in school. And it was really about teaching us our history. We learned so much history, especially me growing up in situate we had the army of two they were the bait sisters and it wasn't just two of them they were family of nine but the two sisters fought off the british just by using the light at the lighthouse in situate and they british thought there was a huge army on the shore so they didn't they didn't end up invading and that was just two girls that did that and that's history that i don't even think is being taught in the situate public schools anymore and that's a big problem is we used to honor and and just cherish our history and teach about it and Move forward and show the, the the new stuff that they have learned, have um, grown, and put in place, and what we're learning, and what I'm seeing the children learning in public schools now is not representative of anything that I was taught back in elementary and middle and high school it's the kids in public schools aren't being their parents are like me we're pulling them out and we're putting them in private school because of the education and how you know when you're in a private school you can really control how you're teaching and the history that you're bringing in and making sure that you stick to the values of how we were taught up as we were growing up when we were taught what they're doing now it's it's complete indoctrination it, it's really sad and it's hurting our kids these are our kids too for the future it's propaganda and they're just they're completely all left-leaning
0: I and you know I have three stepdaughters of my own um they're teenagers and I we have a front row and they they go to public school I have a, a younger daughter who's a toddler um but they the I see what they come home with their assignments um, even just in conversation, you know, you just have a conversation with them, and it's like, whoa, wh- who told you that, and it's almost as if the teacher, the teacher's word is golden, you know, it, it's almost as if the, for some, I don't know how this happened, but they've managed to separate the students from the parents, so whatever the, the teachers say, it's like, that's, that's law, that's That's Bible. So you could say, Hey, the sky is green today, or the sky is blue. And they'll say, No, my teacher told me it was it was green. It's green. And (laughs) yes, same example, but that's literally how it is how it can be.
1: Yes, I mean, it's complete peer pressure, and these, these um, teachers that are coming out of college, what they're being taught at the college level, as they're so young, they're coming into the schools and teaching, and they haven't really had any type of experience out in the real world. They're 23, 24 years old, and they're pushing out all of the older teachers that have that history and that value education, and they're bringing in younger kids that are just already indoctrinated through their colleges.
0: Right. Wow, that's it is so. It's really hard to wrap my mind around, but I know what you're saying is a hundred percent true, because of what I've seen firsthand. So it's it's so crazy that we've gotten to yes. this point. Um, now, firsthand being out there, I I bet. When was the first time that you said? When was the mo- aha moment for you when you decided to run? Do you remember that moment?
1: I do remember it was when my, uh, my five-year-old came home. And this is before we put them. We were like, let's give the public school a chance. Let's see how it goes. And, you know, we, we put it in Randolph Public. And we knew it was, we were trying to build it back up here in the town because we did the override. But we knew, you know, there were some issues with it. And it was two weeks into school and my five-year-old came home and she's in kindergarten and she's like, we learned about Martin Luther King. And I was like, oh, awesome. We're starting early. They're going to learn the whole speech. And she said, no, we learned he got killed by a white man. And that was her first impression at five years old. I said, who would teach a five-year-old that? Like, that's not what you teach a five-year-old about. Martin Luther King. So we yanked them right out right then and there and, you know, never looked back, unfortunately, because it's just that's not if that's going to be taught at such a little level at such a young level. That's not where I want my kids to be. And that's not representative of what we are as a country. That's not how we go about teaching our children. Like you're already sowing a seed into their little baby brains at such a small age about hate. And why are you doing that when you should be showing all the good things that he did? And the speech, my niece, who is 27, she, when she was three years old, knew that entire speech word for word. And she learned it at preschool. In, in the church building, she learned it at preschool and she came home and she just started rattling it off and we were all looking at each other and amazed. And that's the stuff that should still be taught and they cut it off, like my nephew doesn't know that he's only two years two years uh, um, uh, younger oh, yeah, younger than her and he wasn't taught that, but so that's probably where it, the shut off came when they changed how they were teaching and it's it's so devastating. Involved. Now was that that was the point for you when you were like no more. That was it. I was like I have to get involved no more. We've got to change our education system. We've got to really like Go after the teachers unions because this isn't representative of what, like I said, what we don't, what we have in this country and our beliefs are in this country and just having them tear down all of the history and, and nobody, none of the representatives out there are speaking about it. And the Democrats just, they know it, they know it. This is like keeping them, keeping people down, keeping them thinking the way that they want. And it's, it's completely socialist agenda. 100% again, all of that now tell me
0: about um you had mentioned first mentioned about white privilege now this is my stepdaughter had come home one day and she's she's 17 and she said you know uh, we we were taught about um why i have white privilege and my husband's my husband's white they're half portuguese um their mom is portuguese and she says to me um She goes, no, we have that and we have to recognize it and own up to it. And my husband said to her, no, no, you don't have that. And it's it's become truth to them at this point, because it just it's like repetition is a convincing argument, you know, at that point, if you hear it all the time. So tell tell us a little about you being black. Tell us about um, your your thoughts about behind white privilege.
1: Well, considering oh, yeah. I grew up in, oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, pretty much an Irish Catholic town, and we did have a good population of Cape Verde, but it was an Irish class working hard, hard working town and we never saw color. We never saw color. I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood, but it was like a lot of lower, poorer class because it was Section 8 in some um, low-income housing. It was in a cul-de-sac. But we played together like the, all of my friends are either Cape Verde, white, none of us had money. We all grew up in the same area. We didn't see that. We, you know, So for us growing up in that type of environment, we saw each other as equal. We never saw anybody as having more privilege than the other. Some people's parents had better jobs. They worked a lot harder. You gotta work hard to get up there. Mm-hmm. So you knew that it's all about how hard you work. It's worth work ethic and what you need to do to make yourself better and to get to where you want to be. It's hard work. So I found out on my trails when I'm out there campaigning that there is this um, pen or manuscript. That when i mentioned the white privilege and you said your daughter's 17 and that's the the girl said yes she was 17 in 11th grade and there is a manuscript that they are teaching the children it is like part of their their learning it is like not in a textbook but it's another book and it's a complete lie it's it's one why would you even bring that into schools and be teaching kids and they do it from 11th grade all the way up and they keep repeating 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 it so like you said it's indoctrination and it's brainwashing them making them feel like they have this this privilege because of the color of their skin but they're not talking about the families and if you look around we're all mixed now we are all mixed. You know, we have so many mixed families that it's just keeping the families together is the strong, it raises the fa- it raises people up. And that's what's the most important thing. It's all about family. You got a strong black family. You got a strong white family. They're both going to work hard and they're both going to grow up being able to do whatever they want because it's hard work. Right. That's good.
0: That's, it is it's it's honestly the the terminology these terms i've never heard we've never heard of this stuff when we were growing up
1: no no we did not
0: <laughs> it's so interesting how they can put a word to that and and create a whole belief system behind it in order to create what votes
1: an agenda it's it's it crazy Yes Republicans need to get back into schools, and you know to we need to get back into the colleges to making sure that there's the conservative views are there and they're out there, and they're being taught because they're our values as we are as a country and what this country was founded on and it 's really important it's giving everybody the opportunity, and the left doesn't want to do that they want to turn everybody against everything that in turn, everybody against God. They want to take the Bibles out of church. They want to destroy the families. You know, they're releasing criminals into the streets instead of their so-called reforms that they're supposed to be releasing, you know, the minor offenders. It's Marxism. It's absolutely insanity. And they're trying to destroy the country and we got to stand up. What do you think,
0: um, because I feel like Democrats are just, they're destroying themselves. Like, you don't even do really need to talk about them because they're, I mean, I there's a, uh, um, I know a police officer, I'm not going to say what state, but I know a police officer, she's on the front lines of what's happening right now. She's in the riots, and she's not political whatsoever. And she is, she it describes to me, she says, these Democrats are insane. Like, she's not political at all. She's like, I don't know anything about politics, but the policies that they're pushing, specifically against cops, is... Beyond. So people, even people outside of the political realm of things can identify the craziness behind what's really going on. Now, when it comes to the Republican side, what do you feel um, that the Republican Party is lacking? And how do you think that you can make it better? What can you bring to the table there?
1: well obviously more color <laughs> so i gotta bring some flavor in but then yes also in just younger voices you know a st- where i'm really really strong i common sense it's sanity it's just making sure that you're speaking up and being loud and not backing down it's, uh, we're, we don't need activists. We need advocates for the people. But we definitely need the strong voices. We are the, the silent major- minority and we can't be that anymore. You know, we have to really stand up and we got to be really strong. And our voices all bring all of the people in, bring all of the people of color in, bring every different background in. There's no, there, we're not white supremacists, (laughs) you know, we're not white supremacists, we're not any type of KKK members, you know, we, we are Americans, and we want to stand up for every American value and bring in everybody and show that there are conservatives that are all different backgrounds that support this president. And they want to support the Republican Party, but we need to show them that we're here for them. America, first
0: and the people first right what are some of the things that you're seeing on the campaign trail that um have surprised you and challenged you
1: um pretty much i would say the uh the trolls and uh antifa the I expected some stuff, but not to the level that it's gone. I mean, they're, they're completely unhinged, the hatred that has come. I have so much support from everybody. It's great. But when you have, like, I had Antifa attack me in Dorchester, my other, uh, my rally the other day, and the guy was screaming in my ear with a blow horn, and it was just ridiculous. I'm like, you, when is it going to cross the line? Because that's not freedom of speech right there when you're actually screaming in somebody's ear and it's so loud and you know the decibels we're taking the decibels on the level of it and it's just like this is assault you know you can actually blow my eardrum out but does the guy know? no he's expressing his freedom of speech and that you know they'll follow me around everywhere and they're screaming and it's just when did this become okay it shouldn't be okay. And, you know, the, the silent protesters, those are fine. You know, they're expressing, they stand there with their signs, but it's when they come over and they start to engage and they start to cause fights or try to start fights. It's getting really, really dangerous at some points in it, At some of the rallies that there's actually been physical altercations and the police come in and, you know, have to separate everything. But it's Black Lives Matter screaming at me at my rallies, they come and I'm black and they want to just attack me at my rallies and tell me that I'm supporting a white supremacist that all of my supporters standing around are KKK members or white supremacists, or, you know, they're all racist and, or they're rapists. They've been calling us now. It's just, it's been really, really extreme. And if I was, you know, if the president was such a racist, then why did I get elected to be his delegate from Massachusetts? That doesn't make sense. Wow. Yeah. Um, how do you feel that these, this
0: can be resolved because people just see chaos. I mean, you go on, it's hard, you go on social media, you're seeing Antifa, you're seeing extreme BLM, then you're seeing extreme alt-right with what you see on the videos, with, um, you know, what they choose to show with the clips, with the police and the interactions with the public. Um, you know, how, how do we, re- how do we fix this? How, how do we fix, how do we get Antifa
1: out of Massachusetts, let's say? What do we do there? Bring in the National Guard? Well, 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 for every action, there's going to be a reaction. So that's why these Antifa members, they will keep coming. But if you stand up, they will not. They'll try to intimidate you and try to do something because they want you to hit them. And then that, that way, they can sue you and go to court. But you got so many people standing up and just doing pretty much what they do to us, standing in front of them with our noise and with our signs and just blocking them out so they can't get the videos. That's really starting to deter them and they're starting to go away. It's all about getting clicks and likes and and pushing that Marxism agenda and socialists and making sure that they just keep chaos and having all the people trying to really get scared of them. And that's what they're, they want people to fight, but they're not, you know, if they, they are not going to bring the people that they're going to fight because they're not going to fight. They sit in their parents' basements and then they come out and they, they're just the biggest weirdos and they want to cause problems. But we've got people that are just enough's enough. And that's been the biggest show of support right now is people are standing up. Enough is enough and they're not going to allow them to do it. So the more that we have the people standing up and the more people they see, they- it's it's power in numbers I feel there's a there's a wave coming right now
0: especially of believers that are standing up I mean I'm I'm one of them I didn't think I was gonna be able to do this and it's people like you that make it a lot more bearable to be honest because I have I mean my own family they've they've called me race trader I married a white guy and I'm a sellout and they haven't talked to me for six months and it's just like my own family how did we get to the point where family and friends know they have a disregard for the respect of the difference in opinion or or belief systems how did they throw that all away and they would rather believe somebody on or like a um a cnn anchor as opposed to you know what i mean like it's like they'd be nicer to them than they would be to their own blood And it's just unfortunate that we're like, how did we get here? This, this is obviously a a spiritual battle. Like that's all how I can explain it.
1: 100% it's good versus evil. It's all about really, they've lost their way with God. They've really lost their way and they need to go back and they need to have some healing because there shouldn't be, I mean, there shouldn't be this much hatred and animosity towards people that you love. I have the same the issues with my family i mean nobody has talked to me in months and i've married uh you know my husband is white as well and he's irish and they literally have called me everything under the sun i'm uh you know i'm a house negro i'm a race trader. it's every possible disgusting thing i've had thrown at me and you know you got to push away the negativity and the devils and the hate and just pray that they will see the light and that God devil. will take the devil. evil out of them. And I'm like, that's, that's all it really is. It's, it's the devil coming out and the devil's here. And we really need to fight up against him. God's angels need to be strong and he's counting on us and we know we can do it. And it just takes voices like ours to be out there and to be strong for all of the rest of God's children. And they will stand behind us and we will shout down that devil and we will put him back in his place, which is hell.
0: Amen amen all right real quick go through the policies that you're in support of so that people have a better understanding as to this is what she supports this is what she supports this is what she supports
1: So I am 100% pro-police. I'm pro-life as well. I am a supporter of what the president has already done and put in place when it comes to criminal justice reform. I'm a big proponent of education reform, as we've been talking about, because I really think that school choice is important and also Common Core needs to be taken out. And we really need to focus on our public schools with making them better instead of taking children out of them. They should be working in the communities to fix the public schools so that children can be going to the public schools in their communities. Your community should be representative of who lives there, not busing people in. History History should be taught in schools. It's really, really important. I love the fact that we're building a wall. I think that we we have to have our own borders and make sure that we're protecting our American people and standing up for what we believe and what is right. And also making sure that we are having a smart way of having immigration, immigration needs to be followed by the law. We've laws on the books. I have a huge heart, but we need to be following the laws. And I do um, second amendment 100%, you know, and I also think that, you know, we should be not trying to destroy our constitution and making sure that we are honoring our constitution and teaching it.
0: That's great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, this is great. I really hope to meet you. i uh, I might be down in the area on Wednesday, so if you have anything going on, I might be able to to pass by and say hello.
1: Um, I do. I have, I have a rally. rally. Really? So on what you, Yes. Um, in okay. Powers Farm in Randolph, um, from two to five on wednesday we're doing another one i'm going to have food trucks the trump truck's going to be there the police truck is going to be there so we'll be selling all sorts of the um, back to police gear and also the Trump store. So people getting that. I will be there with stickers. So people who want to get their stickers, they can get them. And if they want a yard sign, they can come as well. Because, you know, the write-in is September 1st. And we got to make sure that we get on the ballot and make it right. sure that people go to my website, help contribute to our campaign. It's RaylaForCongress.com. Right behind me. But um, yeah, it's just Rayla for Congress, R A Y L A F O R, congress.com. A lot of people are putting Rayla Campbell for Congress, but just Rayla for Congress is my website. They can donate, pledge their vote, and make sure they come out, get a sticker. We'll be all over. I'm posting it on Facebook and Twitter where I'm going to be. So it is a write in. So we really need people to pull those Republican ballots and write my name in or grab a sticker at the polls. I didn't know that they were open on Sundays. Otherwise I would have had stickers, thing. yeah. Yeah, that was new, found that out yesterday. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I was much. like, okay, but I did get some votes. <laughs> good, <laughs>
0: good, that's awesome. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and educate people on, you know, what's real. People only see what's on TV and they have to see another side. They have to see what the other side is about. So I really appreciate you coming on. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, For those of you that are watching, I promised you in the Kickstarter link, go to Rookie American um, on Kickstarter to donate for the Rookie American book. Again, thank you so much, Rayla. I appreciate you. Um, And
1: yeah, we'll see you guys on the campaign trail. It's awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure meeting you, and I can't wait to get the book.
0: Thank you, Rayla. Uh